We're in this series eight. We've been looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, there are eight attitudes. There, there are eight keys to happiness. And it's interesting because four of the attitudes deal with our relationship with God. And the other four deal with our relationship with one another. And today what I want to do is I want us to elevate our attitude with a thing called mercy. You know, Jesus said, happier the merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them. Jesus basically is saying, you get what you give in life. If you criticize, be prepared because other people will criticize you. If you're friendly to other people, what you find is other people will be friendly to you in life. And here he says, if you're merciful, people will be merciful to you. In other words, if you want to be happy, you have to learn how to treat other people right. And if you're going to treat other people right, I want to suggest that you have to elevate a thing called mercy. I mean, what is mercy anyway? You know, mercy is love in action. It's more than an attitude. It's more than saying, oh, I feel sorry for people. It's doing something. You know, the Bible says that God is merciful. You know, God is gracious. God is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Mercy is full of action. It's full of movement. I mean, how do I know if I'm showing mercy? How do you know if you're showing mercy? Because, again, if you give it, you get it. Now, the flip side of that is a little ugly. Because if you don't give it, what? You don't get it. I mean, what are marks of mercy? Today, I, I think that we need to evaluate. We need to evaluate. You know, does my life show the marks of mercy? You know, am I a merciful person or not? Do I give it or not? I mean, if you're going to elevate, one of the things that you have to do if you're going to be a person of mercy is you have to learn to be patient with people that are different than you. Now, this is just my thought, but I believe into everyone's life, a very strange one will fall. I mean, they're strange because they're different than you. And because they're different, now, I don't know, maybe you don't have this problem, but I find if people are different, that they're challenging for me. I find they can rub me the wrong way. I find they can make me uncomfortable. I find they can put me on edge sometimes. And get this, it's a two-way street. You feel different to them. They feel different to you. Now, here's my question. Who's the odd one? Now, turn to your neighbor and say, you are different. And I'm glad I married you. (laughs) Seriously, look around you. We are all different. You need to evaluate yourself. I mean, how do you handle people that are fragile? You know, how do you handle people that are obnoxious? 
that are problematic, people that, that are troubled. I mean, how do you handle these different people in, in your life? You know, Paul says, encourage the timid, help the weak, and be patient with who? Everyone. Be patient with everyone. Now, here, here's the question. Are you patient with everyone? Because I'm not. I mean, the Bible says, if we are merciful, that we'll be patient with people that are different than us. So, I mean, how can I elevate mercy? How can I elevate patience with people that I find challenging in life? Well, well part of it is you get to know them. You, you learn about their background. Because I believe when you understand where someone's coming from, you stop going, boy, they got a long way to go. And you, and you look and you go, Look how far they've come. Look how much they've changed. It's a shift in perspective. And if you can make that shift and get to know someone, it elevates your mercy. It elevates your patience with other people. You know, because all of a sudden you look beneath the external behavior. You look beyond your differences, their oddness, their weirdness, whatever word you want to use, and you get a glimpse of who they are. You get a glimpse of that internal person that struggles that has pain and when you get past the differences what you find is they're people they're people that are hurting people that are lonely people that get discouraged in life people that battle with anxiety they're people just like you and me is what you find paul says christ accepted you so you should accept each other Merciful people are accepting people. Merciful people are people that do not criticize and judge. They're not quick. They're not fast to go, oh, let me tell you about them. But the fact is that when you realize people are different and that they're not so different than everyone else and that we're different, when you begin to put that all together, what you find is you elevate your mercy. You elevate the patience that you show with other people. You also find if you're a person of mercy, not only can you deal with people that are different, but you find that you elevate mercy when you forgive people who stumble, people who mess up. And I challenge you to evaluate yourself here. When people make mistakes, do you rub it in or do you rub it out? What's your tendency? When when people let you down, Do you tend to hold it over their head or do you let them off the hook? Because this is is a critical issue, I believe, whether we're going to be a person of mercy or not. I've seen it through the years. You know, I've seen in relationships uh, where the relationship could have flourished, but it's destroyed by the hook. You know, you won't let the hook out. You know, I've seen couples live these... um, really just loveless marriages because of one dumb thing that was done years ago by one person and the other mate just won't let it go. You know, children that that spin out with anger and hate because a parent just wouldn't let them off the hook. You know, parents that destroy their children because they wouldn't forgive their kid for a stupid mistake they made 20 years ago. And I want to scream and say, the price is high for 
keeping people on the hook. Why? Why do we do it? You know, Paul says, make allowances for each other. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive one another. Anyone, boy, if I could read today. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know, it's interesting. When it comes to forgiveness, it feels so right when you receive it, doesn't it? And it feels so wrong when you need to give it to someone. I mean, I don't want to forgive people. I want justice. You know, it's like the lady that had her picture taken. The photographer took it, sent her her picture. She got him. She brought him in. She threw him down on the desk. She says, it doesn't do me justice. He says, you don't need justice. You need mercy. We want justice, don't we? Friends, if you're going to elevate your game, if you're going to elevate mercy, I've got to forgive people that stumble, people that mess up in life. And I know it's easier to criticize than sympathize, and it's easier to point a finger instead of lending a helping hand. But mercy, mercy helps people when they fall. You know, if you're going to elevate mercy, you've got to help people that are hurting in life. Proverbs says, whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. You know, mercy is practical assistance. There are people all around you who are hurting. You know, when, when you feel sorry, you know, you see a situation, you feel sorry. That's not being Jesus Christ. When you do something, that's being like Jesus Christ. Mercy takes action in people's lives. First John says, suppose someone has enough to live on and sees a brother or sister in need but does not help then God's love is not living in that person. My children, we should have love people not only with words and talk, but with our actions and true caring. Don't just talk about love. Don't just say you love people. Do something. I always like John Wesley. He said, do all you can. By all the means you can, and all the ways you can, and all the places you can, and all the times you can, to all the people you can for as long as you can. That's a good motto for life. Merciful people, when they see someone hurting, they do something. They get involved. You know, Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, this guy gets mugged. He's tossed along the side of the road to die. First guy walks by, sees him in the ditch. Goes, sorry, buddy. Can't get involved, though. You know, another one walks by. He goes, wow, I feel sorry for you. Looks like a bad deal. Got to go. See ya. The third guy comes by, and he takes action. Takes him to the comfort inn. Left his visa number. Says, I'll pay for everything. You know, mercy. It's action. It gets involved. Jesus says, happy are those who care enough to get involved in other people's lives. Jude 1.22 says, be merciful to those who doubt. You know, when you're hurting, when your life gets rocked, 
that is the time that you're most likely to doubt things. True? You know, it's those times when you go, where's God? You know, does anybody care? In fact, I would argue that if you've never had doubt in your life, you've never had much pain in your life. Because when there is pain, you face doubt. And when people doubt, what they need is the response that Jesus Christ gave. And people get involved. You don't need someone to debate you at that point and say, you know what, I'm going to prove God exists. You don't need someone that will demean you and put you down because of your doubt. You don't need someone to disown you. Oh, you're not a Christian. I mean, if you doubt, you're just not a Christian. What do you do? What do you do when people get rocked in their life? You show mercy. You say, you know what? I understand. You become supportive. You get involved. You help. You show mercy when people are in pain. And if you're really going to elevate your game when it comes to a thing called mercy, you do good. You ready for this? To your enemies. And I know people get an attitude about this attitude. They're like, you got to be kidding me. Are you joking? It says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. He goes on a couple of verses later, says, but love your enemies. Do good to them, then your reward will be great. He goes on and says that we're to have the kind of mercy that's godlike. And friends, this is countercultural. I mean, do good to your enemies? Society says when people hurt you, strike back, get even, gossip about them, seek and destroy. That's what the world says. But God says, you know what? Forgive. Let it go. Be nice. And I'll be honest with you. I hear that and I'll go, whoa, 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 whoa. That's tough. That's a tough one. But I, but I wonder I wonder what would happen if tomorrow you're heading to work and that guy or gal that just is constantly criticizing you, you know, that's a jerk. The Bible says you're to do good to them. I mean, what would happen if every time they criticized, you bit your tongue and then maybe complimented them? I mean, what would happen if you went to school this week and that person that's always putting you down, taking shots at you, every time they tear you down, you built them up. You said something nice. You encouraged them in some way. Friends, it would blow their mind. Jesus says, return good for evil. Why? Because you can eliminate your enemies that way. Kill them with kindness. I mean, they don't know how to handle it. All of a sudden, the playing field is shifted in their life. All of a sudden, you're on the offense instead of the defense. That's what mercy will do for you. Mercy is love in action. It does something. So question, how are you doing when it comes to mercy? Evaluate yourself. Are you patient with people that are different than you? People that rub you the wrong way? I mean, do you reach out to people when they mess up? And just a little heads up, we all stumble. We all fall from time to time. When you see someone hurting, 
do you just notice them or do you help them? Big difference. And do you do good regardless of how people treat you? Mercy's tough. Mercy's tough. And so we're going to need something a little more here. We need a motive. I mean, knowledge isn't enough for me to be a merciful person. Because I should isn't enough for me to be that kind of person. But when I remember the mercy that God has had for me, that'll motivate. That'll motivate. You know, Jesus told a story in Matthew 18. This guy owed a huge, huge debt. He couldn't repay it. He gets called before the king. And he owes the king the money. And he begs the king for release. He pleads with him for more time to to repay the debt. And the king, as he listens to this guy, is moved. And he releases the guy. And not only releases him, he forgives his debt. He says, it's paid in full. Go. Now, Scripture says no sooner had this guy got out the door, the guy that had been forgiven all this debt, and he spots a guy in the crowd that owes him a little bit of change. And he chases the guy down. And he demands the money. And the guy, the guy owes him peanuts. And, and he says, look, I can't, I can't pay it. And he pleads for more time to, to repay it. But this guy, get this, think about it, who had just had his debt forgiven, won't forgive this chump change. And he refuses to release the guy. In fact, he has him arrested until he can repay the debt. Now, people were watching, and they, and they saw what transpired, and they were outraged. And so they go back to the king, and they tell the king about what had happened. The king has this guy brought back before him. And he asks him a really pointed question. He says, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Here it is. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? He has him thrown into prison until he can repay the debt. So he like unforgave the debt he forgave, if you can follow that. Here's the point. God expects me, God expects you to do for other people what he has already done for you in your life. You know, when you think of of the person or people that, that really just tick you off, those people that you have a hard time being merciful to, remember what God did for you and what God's done for you. Friends, I'll be honest, when I think of all the junk, just junk, that I've put God through, those times that I've done my own thing, you know, God pointed me this direction, I kind of looked down the road and go, no, 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 I'm going this way. All that dumb, ignorant, stupid stuff. It kind of grips me once in a while, amazes me that God continues to shower on me. His love, his mercy, his grace. Motivate, motivate. Remember what God's done. If God can be merciful to me, I can be merciful to that person. Now, one of the most pointed stories in the Bible, Jesus one day is teaching, and the religious heat, they they bring a lady in and 
throw her at Jesus' feet. And they go, Jesus, we caught this woman in the act of adultery. And the law says we should stone her to death. And Jesus, it's interesting because he doesn't dismiss it. He goes, you're right. That's what the law says. He says, so whoever's never broken the law, you, you throw the first stone. Scripture says one by one they dropped their stones and they silently walked away until everybody was gone. It was just Jesus and her. You know, it's been my observation that the most accepting people, the most forgiving people, are people that have hit the bottom in life. They have blitzed through two or three marriages. They've been imprisoned. They've, been, uh, they've abused drugs or alcohol. They consider themselves very, very low in life. And when they met Jesus, when they made that, that connection, they were just blown away with the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God. And that moment marked them. It motivates them. And consequently, they really don't care what you've done, what other people have done. They're not concerned about it. They're just overwhelmed because they have received God's grace. They just extend it. They just reach out and go, here it is. Here's grace, mercy. It's, I'll give it to you. Now, the flip side, and this disturbs me, is some of the most unaccepting people are people like me. People that grew up in the church. You know, we avoided all the big sins in life. And here's the tendency. This is my bent on it. Is the tendency, if you've been raised in the church, is you develop this artificial sense of, you know, I'm here. And I'm good. But you're way over there. It's not good. You know, I've arrived. You sure haven't. God extends grace to save me, but he's not going to extend as much grace as you're going to need. Sound familiar? I mean, is your view skewed? In life, because that could be one of the reasons that you struggle with being forgiving, where you struggle with being merciful because you forgot what it cost God to forgive you and to forgive me. You know, we, we tend to judge people, get this, we judge people by their worst faults, and we judge ourselves by our best intentions. Skewed, friends. It's skewed. Remember what God has done for you. Remember all the dumb things you've done. The spiteful things. The -the off-the-chart things. Because if you can get a grasp on that, as you remember, what you will find is your mercy meter will be strengthened. It will motivate you to extend mercy to other people. All I need to do is remember what God's done for me. And to remember this, I'm going to need more mercy in the future. I mean, now, unless you're planning on living a perfect life from here on forward, newsflash, you're not going to be able to, by the way. But otherwise, I'm going to need God's mercy in the future. 
James says this, There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you've been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Here we go again. Only those that give mercy, what? Get it. And those who don't give mercy, don't get it. Now, is anybody motivated at this point? And I know, as I say, some of you are going, yeah, yeah, but you, you don't know about that person. You don't know what pain they've caused. And all I've got to say is I hope you never sin. Forgiveness and mercy, two-way street, two-way street. I need to be merciful because I'm going to need mercy in the future in my life. Don't burn your bridges. Be careful about demanding justice because God might give it to you. If we all got what we deserve, none of us would be here right now. God doesn't give us what we deserve. God gives us what we need, and that's a thing called mercy. Mercy is given to other people, not what they deserve when they annoy us, not what they deserve when they mess up, when they inconvenience us, when they hurt us. We give them what they need. That's mercy. And if you're a merciful person, your life will communicate happiness. When you extend mercy, it's just simple. It makes you happy. It makes you happy. Jesus says, happy are the merciful. Now, the opposite's also true. Unhappy are the unmerciful. In fact, I would argue that some of the most unhappy people that I know are people that are resentful, people that refuse to let go, people that hold people and they got the hook in them and they won't let it go. And most people don't even realize they're hurting themselves. Withholding mercy from someone will make you miserable. Ben Franklin said, when you're good to other people, you are best to yourself. Jesus said, happy are the merciful. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, when you're kind to others, you help yourself. When you're cruel to others, what? You hurt yourself. Doing acts of mercy gets my focus off me, gets me involved in other people's lives. And friends, when that happens, when you shift, it produces happiness. You know, in fact, a tremendous way to get rid of depression in life is when you're feeling down, you start being patient with people that you find very challenging, that are, that are just kind of mess you up sometimes. You, you begin to forgive people that have messed up in life. You help people that are hurting, and you delete your enemy list. You let it go. And what you find when you do those things, that cloud of depression begins to lift. It also, as you, you're giving your life away, we call it living beyond yourself, Happiness follows. It's, it's a boomerang blessing. You know, you get what you give in life. And you give, you get. Back and forth. How do you become a merciful person then? Well, friends, first you have to experience God's mercy. In other words, you cannot offer something that you don't have. You have to receive it first. It's like forgiveness when we were in our Graceland series and we talked about 
you cannot offer forgiveness until you feel forgiven in life. You know, and when I feel forgiven, it changes things. One of the reasons some of you have a hard time forgiving other people is you don't feel forgiven. And I just, I'll speak for myself. When I feel unforgiven, I am unforgiving. And when I don't feel good, I don't want other people to feel good. And the starting point is you have to receive mercy, God's mercy, God's peace, God's forgiveness, so that then you can offer it to others. Every, every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that you're committing right now or that you will commit has already been paid for if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says just as we break the law here in the, the U.S., uh, there's a penalty. It's the same with God's laws. If you break God's laws, there's a penalty. But Scripture says the wage of that, the penalty of that is death. But Jesus took that penalty and he's already paid it. He paid it for you and for me. In other words, you can walk out of here today, clear conscience, clean slate. You can begin new and you receive God's mercy. Not because you deserve it. Not because I deserve it. Because we don't. But God wants to forgive you because that's God's nature. You know, God's forgiving. God's a loving God. God's a merciful God. And once you accept that grace, that forgiveness, once you experience that mercy, it's easier to be merciful. And then you take a second step. After you've accepted Christ, accepted that mercy, the second step is you start looking around you at people and you look with the eyes of Jesus Christ. You look at people the way God sees them. You start seeing what God sees and it changes your perspective and it changes your attitude in life. You find you are more patient. You're more gracious. You're more caring. You're more accommodating. In fact, you'll find that you become more Christ-like. Question, what's your life communicate? What does your life communicate? You know, Matthew 25 says that when we get to heaven, if you're a Christian, you know, everybody thinks, oh, we're going to be judged in or out. That's not true. We're going to be judged by how we treat people. You know, Jesus says, I was hungry and you fed me. I I was naked and you clothed me. I I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was in prison and you visited me. And we're all going to be sitting there talking to Jesus. And we're going to go, Lord, when, when did we do all these things for you? Matthew says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. God's going to ask you how... Did you treat people? Were you merciful? Were you like Jesus Christ in your life? I mean, Jesus' entire ministry was about lifting people up, lifting up the lonely, accepting the rejected, grieving with those that are grieving, loving people that were unlovable, helping those that were hurting, lifting up those that had fallen. And I would challenge you to look around Look around your your family, look around your job, look around your schools or your neighborhoods or look around the church and to see people. I mean, what would Jesus see? 
if he was sitting in your place today? How would he treat people? You know, who in your life needs mercy? Who is barely hanging on and about to let go? You know, who are you not letting off the hook? Who are you holding the past over their head? You know how to identify that. It's when they do something you don't like, you want to reach back and get the ammunition, you're holding the past. You know what I mean? Who in your life is dying for a reprieve? Who do you need to show mercy to this week? Communicate mercy, friends, and you will find happiness and joy in life. Are you merciful? I know as I say that, some of you are going, well, I feel like I'm merciful. And friends, I want to tell you, it's not what you think, and it's not what you feel. It's what you say and what you do in life. If you're going to be like God, if you're going to be merciful like Jesus Christ, you have got to get busy doing and saying things that communicate mercy. Don't just talk about it. You know, I long for Faith Fellowship to be a place uh, that communicates mercy to this world. Where it's okay to be different. You know, that we are patient with people that are different than us. That we are forgiving for people that have messed up. That we go on uh, record as saying, we do not have it all together. We are struggling together. In other words, we realize we've got a long way to go, right? I want Faith Fellowship to be a place where it doesn't matter where you've been. What matters is where we're heading. You know, that when we see a situation in our community or this world, we don't look and go, oh, that's awful. But when we see something, we jump in, we help, we care, we minister to one another, we minister to the community and to the world. And when we see things that are off the charts wrong, that we are a people that are committed, that even when people do bad in this world or do bad to us, we do good because it's about mercy. Jesus said, read with me, Happy are the merciful, for they will have mercy shown to them. So how about it, Faith Fellowship? Let's elevate mercy. It's an attitude that will change everything. I'd invite you to stand and let's have a word of prayer. God, I pray that mercy would rain down in our life. The folks in this community and around the world, when they talk about faith fellowship, they would go, that's a church full of mercy. God, it's by your grace that we stand. God, because of all you've done, we want to share that same mercy with this world. 
God, we thank you for the opportunities that you give us. I pray that we would seize those opportunities, that we would make a difference in people's lives. And when the dust settles, that people would say, they're people of mercy. God, we long to reflect you. Use us as you see fit. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.